Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello to everybody who howls at the moon sometimes. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know Hi everybody, Chris Gathard here, welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. I'm very excited for you to hear today's call. Before I get into that, got some shows out there. Maybe you want to come see me live. I would love that. I have got an improv show with my friend Tammy Sager coming up in Brooklyn. That's on June 21st, I believe, the Brooklyn Comedy Collective. And then I'll be in Oklahoma on August 17th, Dallas on the 18th, San Antonio on the 19th of August. Go get your tickets at chrisgeth.com. Last week's episode, the feedback was great. A lot of people loved hearing the resolution of the Parade Girl saga. A lot of people were blown away at the fact that there's a wedding planner who once had someone hiding a body during a wedding. Great call. Isaac in the Facebook group, Isaac said something. I just want to let you know how much this meant to me, Isaac. I love Chris Gethard, man. Nobody makes shows like this dude. Everything he touches has these kind of incredible, spontaneous moments. They're all pure joy and so human and so unique and so well capitalized on. The fact that he's not one of the most celebrated comedians of our age will always baffle me. Me too, man. What can I say to that? Except me too. I'm very excited for you all to hear this week's episode. A few weeks back, we talked to somebody who has a diaper fetish. And I was really proud of that episode because I said, let's not laugh at the fetish. Tell me about how you discovered this was the thing you're into. And it was a great call. And even in the course of that call where I'm patting myself on the back for being so open-minded, at one point I made a joke. I said, the diaper people, they think you guys are as weird as the furries. I said something along those lines. Guess what? Guess who called up, stepped up to the plate to respond on the behalf of another community? A furry. This caller tells us what it was really like to get into it, talks about how maybe for a lot of people being a furry is not just a core part of who you are, but also a bridge to fully embracing who you are. And that might not necessarily even mean being a furry. It might mean stuff related to other aspects of your sexual identity or identity. It's a really good call. I also get to ask some specific questions about how furries have sex. Enjoy it, everybody. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hi. Hi, is this Chris? Everyone it's, asks that, don't they? <laughs> it's traditional. It is, it is traditional, yeah. It is Chris. It is. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing great. Oh. I mean, I kind of woke up a little depressed, but that's all right. That happens. It's a beautiful day out. I'll bounce back, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully I, hopefully I can make your day a little bit better. <laughs> That's your job. I hold you personally responsible for my <laughs> mental well-being. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? 
I'm doing pretty good. And I just, just got home from work and then going to start cooking dinner afterwards. Um, yeah, it's a pretty chill day at work, so I can't really complain. You said you just got home from work. Yes, I work a, at a self-storage facility, so I sell, I sell storage units for a living. So you sell self-storage units. Now, that's a, that's, those are springing up everywhere. I know in New Jersey, they're saying that there's a lot of those and Amazon warehouses that are just being developed constantly. Really? Yeah. Definitely in demand. Um, I'm actually in the United Kingdom right now. There's a lot of people like moving house and stuff like that. So we get a lot of customers who are kind of like in between house moves. Um, things like that, just people who need to like, you know, it's surprising how much you can accumulate when you're at a place for so long, just, you know, just need to store it. <laughs> and you live in the United Kingdom now? I do, yeah. I moved here about two years ago. Um, yeah, from originally Canada. from Canada. I was, I was, yes, nailed it. From Canada, yeah. Nailed you. <laughs> Most British people here, they somehow can distinguish the accent of Canadian versus American. They guess it right away. I don't know how. I feel like we sound the same as Americans, but I honestly don't know. <laughs> well, I picked it out right away myself. I can't lie. Really? It was a boot. You said a, it was a boot. It was when you said a boot that I a did. A boot? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I don't notice it, but my British friends, they hear me say a boot, and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I guess I guess it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you like it over there? You like living in the UK? I, I really like it, yeah. Um, I love just like the uh, the older architecture. It's very different than... Where I grew up, I'm from like a small town where we're just kind of surrounded by fields. So there's not a whole lot to see. Like, you know, you you can drive for like an hour and you see kind of the same scenery. Whereas here, it's very, very different. And all the uh, old architectural buildings, um, they're just awesome. Just driving even through the little villages, I find really interesting just because it's, it's just a part of history. Yeah, it is. When you, when you get over to Europe as a North American... <laughs> you do feel how young we are compared to every place else. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a conversation I have nearly every day because uh, the second the customer walks in, they'll, they'll pick up on my accent and be like, you're not from around here and just uh, you know, ask me about where I'm from and stuff. So it's kind of a, a good conversation starter. Like, I find like they, they, just, they just find me interesting <laughs> just, just initially off the bat. So that's, that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's always good when people find you interesting. I like yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And how long have you been working at the uh, self-storage game? Uh, it's been almost a year now, actually. Yeah, so it hasn't, hasn't been too long. I'm kind of not entirely sure like what I want to do for my life. I would ideally like to be a counselor because I just believe in therapy. I've been doing it for years, and it's done a lot of good for me. And I find that I'm generally a person who I, I give good advice, not the best at following my own advice, but, you know, um, I'm going to get giving other people advice and just supporting people. So I'd really, ideally, I'd love to do that someday. That's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And how'd you wind up moving across the ocean? It's a it's a bit of a long story. Um, generally, what I tell people is I came here just to experience something new. Like I was working in a factory in my hometown, and I just wanted to switch it up. Which you know is it is correct for the most part. It was. Also, the fact that um, I was dating somebody at the time, and I kind of came here for love, and it ended up not working out. <laughs> That's a bummer. So that was, uh, yeah, definitely. It's kind of, um, I, I am happy now. Like that was about two years ago. I'm actually, I'm actually married. Uh, I married my husband uh, last December, so it's very, re very recent. Um, so you know, it all kind of turned out in the end because you know, had I 
not gotten my heart broken at that time. I never would have met him and I'm honestly doing fairly, fairly okay at the moment. So Good. in retrospect, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And your husband is from the UK? Uh, originally from Brazil, but he was he's uh, he's grown up here in the UK. So he's got the British accent and kind of kind of used to the culture over here. <laughs> you tell okay? Can I can all oh, right? Can I ask something personal? Absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that, that's the name of the game, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is because I just because I just want to be clear about something because I I've done Brazilian jiu-jitsu on and off for years, so I've been around a lot of Brazilian men, and they're easy on the eye. In general, these are good-looking people, Brazilian people. Are you telling me you got a hot Brazilian guy who also has a hot British accent? That, that's exactly what I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> He's going to love that you said that. Wow, let's pause there. A hot Brazilian with a British accent. Everybody just take a deep breath and let out a sigh. If only we... Oh my goodness, that sounds... That's living the dream. Live in the dream caller. Anyway, we'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thanks to our advertisers who allow stories like this to unfold on this show. Now, let's get back to the phone call. Are you telling me you got a hot Brazilian guy who also has a hot British accent? That, that's exactly what I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> He's going to love that you said that. God damn. <laughs> there's, I bet nobody's ever been happier to move out of a land of fields in Canada before. All of a sudden, you wind up with a Brazilian hottie with a British Literally, accent. Though. Oh. Oh, sign me up. Sign me up. Where do I sign up for <laughs> and that? And, and he's part part Italian as well. <laughs> Can he cook? My, um, one of my coworkers said, they're like, when they learned he was part Italian too, they're like, ooh, the Italian stallion. I'm like, I guess, I guess we'll say that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Tell me he cooks like an Italian, speaks like a Brit, and makes love like a Brazilian. Um, Believe, tell me that's the combo we got. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... Yeah, I guess I guess you could say that. Yeah, all those things are pretty good. Um, cooking wise, we mostly just have HelloFresh because we're kind of lazy. <laughs> there but, you go. And former sponsor but, of the show, yeah. HelloFresh. Shout <laughs> exactly. out to HelloFresh. I love that. So you go over there. You, listen, you you go over there. You get your heart broken, mm-hmm. and it feels miserable. And the next thing you know, you just hear a voice say, "Like, are you all right?" And then I'm terrible <laughs> at accents, but it's a hot version of that. And you turn around. And there's a beautiful Brazilian walking through the London fog, and now your life is better. Um, yeah, pretty. That's pretty Emerging good. through the London fog, a hot Brazilian man with a British accent. <laughs> that's pretty much exactly how it went. I bet. Except I bet it was that quick. It happened on Tinder. <laughs> it happened on Tinder. All right. It, it it was fairly quick. Not gonna lie. I mean, it kind of happened. Like basically, my ex just kind of decided to tell me all out of nowhere that he just didn't want to speak to me anymore, that it was better for the both of us and just kind of left. And I met my husband very, very quickly after that. (laughs) So it did all kind of happen very fast. (laughs) Wow. And can I ask, so 
in, and, and this is born purely out of a combination of my admitted ignorance and curiosity. So Tinder is an app that people use all sorts of orientations. Is Grinder more like that's for hookups? Tinder is more if you're looking for a relationship? Um, that's kind of, yeah, I'd say, in, I'd say like in the gay community, that is more what it is. Because like Grindr, I've only ever heard of being hookups and stuff like that. But Tinder, yeah, Tinder is more relationship-based. I feel like when people talk about it, like like straight people use Tinder, it tends to almost be a lot for like just hookups. Whereas gay Tinder is more for dating if that makes sense, or at least this is my experience. This couldn't, this might not be the experience of everybody. Just in my experience, that's kind of what I had. There is some college junior right now writing a hell of an independent study on how different communities use different dating apps and where the crossover is in Venn diagram, right? There's somebody getting college credit breaking that all down. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, my uh, my flatmate, he's, uh, I actually convinced one of my friends from Canada to move here. He lives with us as well, and I've been kind of trying to um, give him tips that he, he's, he's straight and he's on tinder but it's ruthless out there for straight guys honestly and i'm sure a lot of the people listening would be would agree that women are just they, they can be difficult on dating apps i mean talking guys i guess but it's just it's a whole different ball game i feel like it's on the internet it's easier to be gay than it is to be straight in regards to that <laughs> in real life reversed really but, how so elaborate on that for me i'm fascinated by that um how do i want to approach this <laughs> i feel like <laughs> i feel like when i started talking with different guys like you can just it's just a little bit you can just kind of get right into it like there's no and, and this is also some this is coming from somebody who hasn't flirted with women in probably 10 years too so i don't want to say anything that's gonna you know offend anybody but I just feel like you kind of you cut to the chase a little bit closer or like a little bit sooner um which can be good and can be bad because you know you don't want to jump into things too quick which tends to happen and that's a good way for people to get hurt um guess, guess what i'm trying to say is gay guys they talk about sex <laughs> pretty much right away all right um, all right again can be good can be bad <laughs> i bet i bet yeah everybody cut to the chase let's let's talk about why we're here what are you looking for relationship one night fling let's get let's get into it yeah exactly you know, uh, cheesy liners, stuff like that. Kind of, let's go for it. <laughs> sure. And so, so wait, you're married. Yeah. And you also have a roommate who's a straight guy, you said. Yeah, exactly. And we're currently in the process of buying our own place. So that's really exciting. It's uh, taking forever. We're in the process. In the UK, they do things a little bit differently. We've been waiting on this place for about three months. Just the mortgage and everything going through. So that's a little bit of a pain, but... Kind of, we're getting there slowly but surely. And will you be bringing your straight roommate with you when you move? We will, yes. <laughs> you will. So, yep. I love that. He, he won't stay with us forever, but he's he, he's he's like our child for now. He's gonna I, hate that I said that. <laughs> I was almost gonna say like uh, like a dog, like your pet, your pet straight. You have a pet straight that you bring with you. <laughs> a pet straight. <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> I mean, a I couple. Guess and then, yeah, you leave food out in a bowl on the floor and your pet straight is welcome to <laughs> chow down <laughs> as oh necessary. <laughs> I guess one could see it that way. We do plan on getting a cat, so we're going to have to actually replace him pretty soon. So we haven't broke bad news to him yet, but that will be happening. <laughs> Look at that. Okay, I'm sure the straight will be fine. I feel like I'm, I got to tell you, 
we were joking before about how it's your job to put me in a good mood. And I will say, first of all, you are. And secondly, I would say, um, you and I clearly have a very, an ability to casually just chat and connect, which I love. Um, but, and me being a combination of that and me being in a weird mood is leading to me wanting to make jokes about you having a pet human trait. <laughs> and I like it. I like that this is where things are landing today. I need this. <laughs> I'm here for it, honestly. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, this is a situation where like, you know, I've had so much planned out for like what I wanted to say, what I wanted to talk about. And then kind of just all goes on out the window when you finally get on. <laughs> well, if there's anything but you want, right. if there is anything you want to get to, we can get to it. I'm happy to hear you out or we can just keep chit-chatting. You tell me. Um, I mean, there's a few things I have written down for sure. Um, one big one is I'm a, I'm a furry. I'm a sh- I assume you know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a twist I never saw coming. <laughs> this is a twist I didn't see coming. You're a furry. Yeah. <laughs> Time for the ad break. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Um, Call your own ad break. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's your ad break. <laughs> let me, and let me explain for, for any of our listeners. Uh, I can't say that I know a ton about furries, but what I know, the basic broad strokes are that there are people who like to dress up in furry costumes, hence the name, plush costumes, what we might even think of as like a sports mascot in the States. That's probably the closest thing people see in their mind. And some of these are sort of random. Some of these might be licensed characters. But for a lot of people, it is also a sexual thing. And I think for many people, it's. Re- I think for a lot of the people who have heard of it, they hear of it as, as a sexual fetish, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, you pretty much, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um, I just kind of wanted to, just an opportunity to kind of maybe talk a little bit about what it is. And like, it's kind of something that I accept, like is weird. It's, it, it definitely is. Anybody would see it as weird, but just kind of like, just a bit of a time to just describe it and just, you know, like we're not, we're not all, all as weird as people would think. And that's kind of a lot of pressure on me. It's just like, I'm trying to talk about the whole community, the community as a whole, but yeah, it's it's pretty much is that. Um, I want to let you know you don't you don't speak for anybody but yourself, and I want to li- let you have permission on that, and let you know that that's how I see it. And I wonder if you heard we recently did an episode with a guy uh, who has a diaper fetish. Did you catch that one? I did about a week ago. Yeah, I did hear that one. Now I want to know what you think because right away I'm feeling guilty because I go, there's probably a lot of people who want to make fun of you, almost as if you're on the furry end of the spectrum because furries do take mockery for it as well. It is a thing that people kind of giggle about or make fun of. But even on this podcast, I held that up. I held, so you heard another episode from someone with a fetish where I cited what you are into as an extreme that he probably gets associated with or lumped in with. And I don't know if I made you feel good on that. And if that's the case, I apologize. Um, it's not that you didn't make me feel good. I, just, I was kind of thinking about, about that when you said it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, like, oh, no, we're, we're that end of the spectrum. One thing I will say, though, like, it's not, there is definitely that aspect to it. And I feel like that's why a lot of people kind of look down on it and think that it's really, really weird and out there. And that's totally valid. I, I totally understand that. It's just um, not everybody is into the sexual sexual side of things. Like, it's kind of more, it's just a way of, like, self-expression, like, Kind of the way that I found it initially is about, what was it, about five years ago, I was really deeply in the closet. Like I was about, I was in the closet for 10 years, which is pretty horrible feeling. Um, It was just kind of a place that I found 
a lot of other people who are sort of like me. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it or, or like what it is, but I kind of grew up like watching movies like, you know, Balto, uh, Fox and the Hound, stuff like that. Like those were my favorites. And I didn't exactly realize there was something that I was that interested to. And then I started going online and doing a little bit of research and kind of learning about the community. And the one thing about them is they're extremely welcoming. Like they'll welcome anybody, like no matter who you are. And at the time I just kind of felt like an outcast and I, I made these friends online who they just didn't judge me at all for like whatever, wh- whoever I was and what I was into. And that's kind of how I got into it initially. Um, so I think that, that that's, that's, a, that's a huge part of it that I wanted to highlight the fact that it is so inclusive and just, it, it, it kind of feels like home to a lot of people. I can't relate with that as much now, but initially that's definitely how I felt. And just so I have my timeline straight, did you start exploring would you what would what do people say furryism the furry lifestyle how would you phrase how would you phrase it oh man furrying I think what did what do people say furrying <laughs> um i'm not exactly sure what you would call it just a just just being one i guess um a lot of people like they kind of like identify it differently it's like if you like the characters then you are one i don't really think that that's true some people are like if you make your own character then you are one a lot of people like people have a different definition from like where it starts, like what, when you're actually classified as a furry. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of different for everybody. Now, were you, were you exploring being a furry while you were still in the closet? I wonder what, the, I want to make sure I know the timeline of those, of those things. Uh, I, I was, yeah. So like it was kind of near the end of me being in the closet. It was kind of, it was the one thing that kind of gave me the confidence to come out actually. Cause I, uh, the one thing I kind of, when I was growing up, like I'm from a very small town where there was maybe one or two gay people that I knew about at all. And it was also a very religious community. So the, the like, I basically like, you know, you know, you hear a lot of uh, negative things about gay people in a religious community, which was very, very awful. Um, another thing too, like the only people I knew were very, very feminine which kind of like wasn't me like there's nothing wrong with being feminine it's just not something that i could really relate with so then when i got online and kind of met all these friends who were also gay people but kind of you know like they were just a lot more like me it just kind of gave me that confidence to finally come out because i ended up uh, dating somebody long distance at the time and then i was just like you know what this is very clearly who i am and i don't want being in the closet to potentially ruin something that could be really beautiful so that kind of gave me the confidence to finally come out to everybody and in the end i never got a bad reaction and i kind of regretted keeping it inside for so long i love that it i love that it went that way and i wonder i i bet it's not uncommon i bet there are people who as they remain in the closet for any number of of things that they might be feeling if i bet i bet you're not the only person who whether it's by being a furry or an exploration of something else that feels, how would I phrase it? From the outside, it looks like a, I mean, literally cartoonish representation of sexuality literally. from the outside, right? There's literally people dressing up as characters sometimes. Yeah. I wonder if there's people who are, who are going big in something that feels performative so that they can sort of ease themselves or push themselves further towards their truth in a more quiet sense as well. I, I bet... I bet that happens more often than a lot of people realize. I think 
I think it's very, it's very true, actually. Like it's, um, it's sort of like a form of escapism, like, and that's kind of how I found it too, because I, like now, um, I'm a very social person. Like I love talking to new people all the time and I'm very social, but initially before I came out, I was super socially anxious, um, wouldn't want to talk to anybody. And then, you know, when you create a, a character and you're just talking online, like you're not, I'm not who I am anymore. I'm now this character. So you're kind of, you're almost like playing a role as somebody else and it's a bit of form of escapism. So like, you know, it can kind of come from anybody. If your life isn't going so well, you can just role play this, this other character and that character is not going through these problems. Um, and one thing I think a lot of people can relate to is, is just uh, like, like I, I'm actually a person with borderline personality disorder, which I have a very skewed self, sense of self at times. And it's actually very common for people with TPD to be furries just because it allows you to kind of create an identity and kind of make it into the person or not the person, <laughs> I guess the animal or whatever you want to become. Just kind of, you're putting, you're, you're sort of, I don't know where I was going with that, but do you get what I'm saying? A little bit? I do. I do understand that for I, the idea of, the idea of participating in, in something that again, from the outside seems outlandish, but that it actually might be about control might be about self-definition. It might be about, sure, this character is big, but this character is clearly defined. I can totally see how, like you said, both for someone who's maybe living a secret life where they feel tension about embracing the truth of it, how that might be safe harbor. And as you just said, someone with BPD, which again, I don't know the most about BPD, but to hear you say, you know, to, to understand that you have a skewed vision of yourself but I can create a character where I'm the one drawing the lines. I'm the one setting the boundaries. Exactly. I can imagine that giving people a great sense of relief. And it must, it must be a bummer that it is a thing that's so often judged from the outside or, or laughed at from the outside, especially when you think of it as a safety mechanism and a control mechanism that people are hanging on to desperately in some cases. Definitely. Yeah. Cause, um, cause the whole thing about it, like, I mean, I feel like a lot of the community, a lot of the community, like a lot of the friends that I've met, they they kind of all relate to the feelings of uh, being an outcast at at one point, and it just kind of really gave them a sense of community. Like even even moving to the UK, like there's just really good r- really good um, resources in the community to just find other people, and like you kind of you know you have that in common, but who knows what else you have in common? Like you both like movies, you both like sports, whatever whatever you want to do. It's a really really good way to just meet people who at least have that in common with you. So like I've actually met a ton of friends even like you know like across the world who i you know i I consider really really close friends at this time and a lot of people like really really hold on to that and the way that i kind of saw it like initially like before i became part of the community i was kind of one of those people who heavily like well not heavily but i really judged it like i was just like no like this is something that's super weird i'm that's never ever going to be me but once i started kind of speaking with people in the community and like making friends i kind of saw them in a different way and i kind of like like these are people who they don't really care what other people think of them. Like, yeah, like it's, it's weird. So what they're, they're living their best lives. They're being the people that they want to be. And they're not going to let anybody like tell them that they're wrong or they're weird. They're just living their best life. And I think that there's kind of beauty in that, to be honest, as weird as that sounds, <laughs> I hear you. but they're just, they're just being themselves. I tell you, there's all yeah. sorts of communities and, and I don't want to equate them to each other, but there's a lot of communities where the visual representation of the community is meant to almost say, if you're 
going to treat us as abnormal, then watch this, watch how abnormal I can be. And it's something I greatly admire. I grew up a punk rock kid. You know, my brother showed me punk rock and I was always very nerdy about it, more on the pop punk side of things. But I would look at all those bands from the 70s and the people with giant mohawks or brightly colored hair or piercings and stuff. And you go, oh, if you're going to treat us like freaks, well, then we're going to double and triple down on that. Exactly. The first time I saw a drag show, I was actually in Key West, Florida. And I remember going to a drag show. It was a thing to do. My wife and I went and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. And I was blown away. And, and I was blown away the exact same part of my personality that when I was in seventh, eighth grade and my brother started taking me to punk shows and I was going, oh, I'm safe here. These people all look like freaks, but they're actually the most accepting. They're going, well, if you're going to, it's almost like in nature, how they say a lot of insects will go, I'm super brightly colored. And that's exactly why you should not eat me because I'm, if I'm making myself this visible, you know, I must be poisonous. It's almost a similar thing there. I sensed at that drag show of like, oh, this feels like a version of punk rock or that it's, it's rooted in the same part of, if you're going to push us outside of the lines and make us outcasts, well, then watch how hard we can do that. I feel the same thing about the Juggalos. I remember years ago, it was very popular to make Juggalo jokes. And I get it. And I had a friend back when I was doing my old public access show, which was really a safe haven for a lot of people who I think identified as misfits or felt like misfits of different stripes. A fan of that show sat me down and said, you know, I'm a Juggalo too. And you'd be shocked at how much it reminds, these two communities remind me of each other. And in my head, I have to resist that impulse to not go, well, everybody makes fun of the jugglos, man. They're clown people with clown makeup. I go, no, no, no. It's a visual representation of if you want to force me to be an outcast, then I'll take that ball and run with it. And that's how I'll make myself visible to the other people who feel exactly like how I do. And the way you're describing being a furry right now reminds me of a similar thing of if you're going to push us this far, well, now we're going to do something to find each other. And it's going to be clear and it's going to be visible and we're going to learn how to not apologize for who we are by making it as big as we can. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally right. Um, and, it's, and it is actually like, it, it is a huge community. Um, like there, there's meetups in London where there's got to be like 500, 500 at least people who just, they kind of meet up at a bar and they all wear their costumes and they walk up and down the streets. And yeah, there's people kind of pointing and taking pictures, but they don't care they're having fun with their friends and that's all right. <laughs> it's like, might be weird, but they're not harming anybody. So like, yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> now you're the first furry I've talked to. So I have a, a lot of questions and I, I love that you're I giving wondered. me a chance okay. to, well, and I love, first of all, I love that you're giving me a chance to come at this with respect. When even a few episodes, I said, people lump you guys in with the furries to a diaper fetishist. And you're being very <laughs> graceful and forgiving about that. And I, as soon as we started, I remembered that and I go, Ooh, that wasn't the coolest thing of me. No, I'm only realizing it now. But that being said, since you are the first furry I talked to, can I just ask some of the questions that everybody's thinking that are a little bit more juvenile that we just have to get out of the way? Is that okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is a, yeah, I, I want, I wanted an opportunity to kind of, you know, just talk about it and make it out to be not, not as, as weird as people think. So yeah, I'm absolutely in for it. <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, you've probably dealt with this. When you have friends who support you but aren't fairies, they probably ask. A lot of us here, you know, on some level you go, okay, it's like cosplay. Mm -hmm. 
it's like going to a comic convention and seeing someone dressed up as Pikachu. It's not, but then, you know, one of the things that's been made clear is people have often giggled that it is sexual for a lot of people. That part of being a furry is that it can be sexual. I don't know if that's always the case or if that's a dividing line, but I do just have to ask logistically, how do furries have sex? Like how, how is it sexual when oh you're God. in those costumes? Are there people just like keeping the top half of the costume on and then you get your human from the waist down when it's go time? How does it work? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, how do furries fuck is what I'm asking. How do furries blow each other and fuck each other? How does this work? Um, okay. <laughs> oh man. So I've got to say, I personally do not have a lot of, I don't have a lot of experience with this, but I do know the answers. <laughs> okay. So you've asked these questions as well. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> it it really depends on really depends on the person. I mean, for one, not everybody has a suit. Those things are they can range from your for for a suit, you're like a, a decent suit, you're probably looking at least four grand, upwards of ten. So not everyone can afford one. Mm-hmm. Um to answer your question, I guess some of them have strategic zippers in certain places and that's how maybe some people <laughs> would get away with that but i think that in general it's more so just uh everybody kind of has their own character or most people do and it's generally just getting art commissioned of that character it's not always sexual it's just there there is there is some of it that is and i think like that's that's the vast majority of it there's not a ton of people i mean honestly i honestly don't know the answer but i feel like there's not a ton of people having sex with in but it definitely happens. <laughs> Let's pause there. Because I bet I'm not the only one. I think a lot of us think that the baseline description of a furry, people in fursuits having sex with each other. Turns out that's not even like tip of the iceberg. We're going to learn what it really is and so much more when we get back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello out there. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods, explorers discovering nothing but destitution, true crime calamity, oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. Subscribe to Maroon wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now, let's finish off this phone call. I feel like there's not a ton of people having sex with interstates, but it definitely happens. (laughs) Because I think I'm not the only one on the outside of the culture who that is... That is the thing that we all giggle about, right? Definitely. And for you to say it's not even that prevalent is very eye-opening because I think to a lot of us, we go, 
So it's people who dress up in costumes and then they go to hotels and have like orgies in the costumes. Like that's, that's the stereotype. And you're saying that rarely happens. That's not, that's not, there might be some rich people who have strategic zippers and pockets to allow access to stuff. But in general, <laughs> that's not what it is. So I, I guess then what is it instead? I, yeah, like I'm not going to say it doesn't happen because it, it does. It's just maybe not as common as, as people would think. And I think that, I mean, and from what, from, from like my experiences with like friends, it's just kind of, I mean, sex is sex. There's nothing really different about it. It's more so just, like I say, kind of some people get art commissioned of their characters doing these acts as well. And that's oh, kind of it. more so what it, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, um, but in like, you know, if you're having sex with your partner, it doesn't always have to be something crazy. It's just, it's just normal. <laughs> and can I ask, is your husband into the furry community? Uh, he is. Yeah. Is that how you two met? It is. Yeah. I initially told you Tinder because that's kind of what I tell everybody. And that's kind of like the story that I'm great. It's actually, we met on an, an app called Bark, which is kind of Tinder for furries. So you fibbed, <laughs> you fibbed and you're admitting it. I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, I lied to Chris Listen, Gethard. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, I'm sure you're not the first. I'm sure you're not the first person to just drop some lies. So there's a Tinder, <laughs> but for furries. Okay. So now here become, and then you said things move very quickly. And yeah. so do you or your husband have suits or costuming? We don't know. We, we both have characters that we've created and we, we get art with them. Not, not that kind of art. I've, I haven't actually got that kind of art. Just kind of, just regular. Just um, you know, just of our characters, like, just kind of in different situations. Not not sexual. Just kind of just regular, regular things. This is fascinating. So you don't necessarily dress up, but you have art of characters. Yeah. And you will at times slip into that character and be that character. And I'm sure when you are at the at the storage space selling storage spaces, that you are not necessarily that character true definitely not definitely not <laughs> i think the character is just sort of an extension of myself like if i'm talking to my friends online like you know that's the avatar that they see but i'm definitely me completely completely besides that like you know most most furries they're, they're not going to come up and tell you that they're a furry they you, you would never know unless you had a deep conversation with them about it or they were anonymous on a on a podcast and they're not scared that somebody's going to find out who they are. <laughs> ah, I love that. So here comes a psychological question that I bet a lot of furries think about. Yeah. And that I bet you've thought about. Did you fall in love with your husband or did your character fall in love with his character? Or are those things one and the <laughs> same to you in a way that might not make total sense to me on the surface? Um, They're kind of just, they're sort of just one and the same. Like, I mean, I think that maybe that is something different for each person because I know that there are people who have multiple characters, which their characters have different personalities where I think he and I have always seen our characters just as extensions of ourselves. Like they're just, they're just kind of you, but in my case, it's in like a wolf form, like my character's a wolf. So it's just kind of me. And so it's definitely, we fell in love with each other. We just kind of are our characters, but we don't exactly identify it. It's just kind of more, more so just for fun. Like, yeah. So it's not like I feel like they're a completely separate entity. They're just kind of they're just kind of me in animated wolf form, I guess. <laughs> that's one of the most amazing things that's ever been said on this show, and I thank you for saying it. 
I'm so sincere about that. <laughs> you think so? To hear you just quietly and gently break down that at the end of the day, it's just you, but in wolf form, and that your husband sees you and the wolf, and the wolf version of you as one tied together being. There's a part of me that sits here and goes, if you meet on Bark and you quickly get married, there, there must be something very intense about a marriage in which it's probably fair to say that because some of this is under the surface to most people to the normies out there, if you will. Yeah. You and your husband must have an intense bond of feeling like you're maybe the only two people that fully know the other. Because your husband knows that you're going through life and some days you might be might be thinking of it from the perspective of, of a wolf that you choose to inhabit at times and, and vice versa. <laughs> and whatever he, I don't know if he's of another species that clicks with like is that a thing that happens on bark of like hey so i mean is your profile picture your human form or is it one of the pictures of your character are you, who do you get to know first it, it's always like the the picture of your character um it's, so it's just kind of like i said like i i don't really see it see me as a type of person that's it's, it, it'd be like sort of the same the way i kind of think about it from that perspective is like say you are playing on your Xbox. Like this is your gamer tag. Like this is just kind of your avatar. Like that's kind of how I see it. If you think about it from that perspective. So it's not like it's, yeah, it's not like a different person. And I wouldn't say I'm like seeing him from a wolf's perspective because I don't really think that way. I just kind of, you know, think, think from my perspective, but I, I can understand why somebody would think that way. Definitely. <laughs> it's interesting to realize too, there, there's some elements of this of, you know, we're approaching a point in society where there's, potential for people to just live mostly in virtual worlds. And it, it feels like maybe, maybe furries will be looked back on in history as the analog version of a place that some people will opt into digitally and maybe have less jokes to be made about it. You know what I mean? Like what you're describing to me sounds like something that kids who meet in the realm of being gamers probably have a version of this or people who design avatars to go, you know, second life was a big one a few years back and, and things where you just go and exist in a different sphere as a character you define furries are just doing that, but in person mm -hmm. and we all went ha ha ha, but it's, there's actually more versions of this that are treated as more normalized that exist right now based on what you're describing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, furries, there, there's a huge furry community on second life. Actually, I've, I've only briefly like looked into it, but they like, cause you can customize your avatar however you want. So you can make it into a furry character. Alternatively to that, there's VR chat as well, which it's kind of already happening. Like there's like entire worlds where you can just kind of walk around as your character and like people put on these headsets and they, they go on Twitch and they just, they can just kind of live life as their character. They can, they can sit on a virtual couch with their friends from across the world and like watch a movie together in, in character form. Um, which I think is pretty, pretty incredible. I, th I think for some people, it's, it's really good. I'm, I feel like I, I personally am almost maybe getting out of that. Like I, I'm not somebody who spends as much time on the computer anymore. I like to experience the world, and especially um, after moving to the UK, there's just so much that I want to explore. And I'm almost kind of trying to get myself out of the virtual world. But for some people who, you know, like say, say you don't have a lot and I'll, all you get to do is escape to the computer. And like, I think that it's, it's really groundbreaking for somebody like that. Now, I want to ask a question that I bet 
is insulting on some level and I, I'm aware of that. So bear with me because I, I don't mean it to be insulting because there's the shorthand would be, are there are there people in the furry community for whom it is a phase? But I, I don't want to use that phase because that fa- that word could be very reductive. So what I want to say is, like you said before, a lot of the people you've met through the furry community are now just the people you go see movies with. Yep. Are there people for whom it is an intense thing for a stretch and then they find their tribe or they find their confidence or they find their truth and embrace it more publicly? And at that point, the idea of being a furry is still a real thing, but a little bit more of a, a back burner. Is that is that common? Like, mm. well, we no longer need to inter- interact as a panda and a wolf because we've found our confidence through this and now we can interact as people. Is that is that fair to say? That's that's a really good way to put it. Um, I think that it really varies. I I can't. I don't personally know of anybody who's like. I don't know, like how you would say it. Um, kind of stepped down from being a furry, re- retired from being a furry. I don't know what you or would grown say. out of being a furry. Grown out could 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 be that. Um, I feel like there'd be a lot of people who would be insulted by saying that, but I think that I I'm actually kind of one of those people where, for me, it's sort of just. Like I like I love I love the character and it was a great way for me to come out and to find my community and everything. But as of right now, it's sort of just my profile on my um online like on my Discord where like if I'm playing games with my friends, that's just the kind of the picture they see. That's more or less like what it is anymore. Like I think that I'll always have like a connection to the character that I made and like the memories and experiences that I've had. But it's it is something that I don't want to stay outgrown, but I am kind of maybe moving away from but then a part of that too is just more so that the fact that I'm kind of like starting into a career and stuff. And if somebody were to find out, I kind of fear, you know, cause it's something that gets a bad rep. So I am, I'm kind of nervous about that, about people finding out. Cause initially when I did it, I was like, well, I don't really care if anybody finds out because I'm me and it doesn't really matter. But at this point, I'm just like, you know, it's, it, it is something that's important to me, but it maybe isn't worth the risk. Cause I'm just like, you know, like, if my work were to find out, like I've, I've heard stories of people like finding out and then they're kind of treated differently at work or like, God forbid, like my, my parents found out and questioned me, like they might not see me in the same way. And I'm a little bit, I'm more nervous about that. So maybe in that sense, I am outgrowing it. And I feel like some other people are like that too, but then there's others who never will, like they've, they've made it their entire life. They're totally engrossed into it. So I think it's really like a case by case basis. Uh, it just kind of depends on the person, really. The part of me that that hears you saying, like, you know, people make jokes about it. I don't want it to catch up to me at work. I, I hate that. I hate that because that's, mm-hmm. you know, other people's judgment has to lead to fear, which any community that has to face fear because of other people's judgment, I just sit there, I go, that's not necessary. You know, that's not yeah. necessary. And I hate that. The part of me that hears you say, you know, it really, it it was a lifestyle that helped me immensely in the process of coming out and the process of meeting my husband. And in a certain sense, we all grow up and maybe it's less something that's on the surface and, and, and something that's fading a little bit, but it got me there. I sit there, I go, well, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like this is something you start to figure out online. You start to sense this community there. You say you have the online avatar. Yeah. You're finding other people. 
you realize, you know, in, in some level, it sounds almost like, and again, there are probably people who are going to hear this and get mad and I get it. Um, and I'm not saying this is what I think, but it does on some level, it does sound almost like the most ultra committed life affecting role-playing game I've ever heard of in some way. But for, I mean, I, I know that there are people going to hear that and go, it's not a game. It's my lifestyle. It's how I embrace myself. And I, I respect it. I'm just saying has some commonalities with the idea of, you know, there's people who go on D and D discords who will say I'm a half elf ranger and I will only interact with you as that half elf, half elf ranger. <laughs> and they don't identify as a furry and they don't say that it takes over their personality or their sexual identity when they get up and walk away from the game. But it sounds like in some ways they're behaving the same as a furry discord would. But I wonder when it crosses over into real life, how that is for you. Like the, the first time you go, I'm going to go meet some other people who do this. And I might meet some people who are you sitting there on a train somewhere going, I'm going to go meet these people. And I wonder if they're going to be wearing costumes or face paint or, <laughs> or outfits or what's about to happen. That, that must be a tense, that must be a tense thing the first time you allow it to cross over into real life, right? Because that's when it officially doesn't feel like a game anymore and it's now a lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think like, I guess the first time I met a furry was one of my exes, but really it's just, uh, I think when you meet each other in real life, it's kind of, you don't, you almost don't really, I'm trying to think in my experience, you don't really talk about your characters or anything at all. You're just kind of, you're just kind of, you know, two humans, friends, just speaking, talking to each other and just talking about kind of whatever it is like that you're going to do or what you're doing. Um, yeah. Like I don't, but I, I do remember kind of like thinking initially, I'm just like, Oh boy, like are, are these people going to be like quite different, but then you just meet them and they're like, Oh no, these are just regular people who, if you didn't, if you didn't know, like you would have, you would have no idea. <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't want to necessarily relate it to, being gay but in my experience it sort of is just like i'm always a person that when people find out they're like oh would have never guessed it's just something you just wouldn't really know until you actually talk about it <laughs> and that's kind of how the situation is when i've when i've met friends who have kind of met online too and I, it's interesting listening to this too because you mentioned before that there's a lot of debate in the community of what constitutes being a furry and i bet there's people listening going I'm a furry. And if you're just meeting out and hanging out as humans, that you're not, that you, this is fate. You're half, you're halfway in, you're half furries. I bet there's terminology. I bet there's <laughs> disparaging names for people at different levels of furry commitment. And I bet there's people listening to it from the furry community right now going, what he's describing is a misrepresentation of the type of furrying I do. Right? There have to be. Quite, quite possibly. Yeah. Um, there's actually a good video online. It's kind of like, the seven stages of being a furry, kind of like the seven gates of hell. So there's like seven different stages. <laughs> so um, I would like classify myself as like maybe like a level one or level two, but then there's like people who would like say like be a level seven. And this isn't like common uh, wording that people use. So it's just kind of a, a video that I watch. But like, you know, sevens would, you know, they come home from work and they put on their fursuit and they cook and clean in it. And they just always live in that world. Whereas a one is just like, Oh yeah, I like I like the characters and stuff. That's about it. So it's kind of it's 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 very vast, like completely different people. 
there's someone out there who's like, I'm married to someone and I've never seen their face because we are only in our, we met as furries, we live as furries. It's like the Mandalorian. Don't you ever take off that helmet. This is the way. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> wow. There's people going, I'm not even certain if my spouse is a, a man or a woman, but what I am certain of is that they are a lizard. And I know that because they are dressed as one at all times. A plush lizard in an orange vest. That's yep. who I'm married to. And I can't tell you no. I'm sure there's not. <laughs> I would be shocked if there's anybody out there who goes, I'm not even certain what the human I look like is. Human I'm married to looks like. I'm kidding. <laughs> to all my furry friends out there, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was hoping not, but you, you never know. You never know. <laughs> Is there a Shangri-La for furries? Is there an event or a city or a country where it's particularly embraced? Oh. Is there something where you go, this place at this time of year is where all furries flock to? So I would say primarily in the United States, actually. They're, they, have the most, they have the most furries, the United States. Um, there is a huge convention. I forget which city it's in. It's not New York. It's somewhere around there. It's called. I think it's called. There's Anthrocon and there's Confuzzled, which is just like a huge convention where I think Anthrocon probably had over fifty thousand people at it. Where wow. just a bunch of people just kind of meet up, and it's it's sort of like comic. It's exactly like Comic Con, and just everybody's dressed up in furry costumes. <laughs> wow. Have you been? Uh, I never. I never have been to a big convention. I've I've been to one smaller one with about a hundred people. I didn't really do too much. I, I walked around for a bit. I watched my friend participate in a Mario Kart tournament. And that's about it. <laughs> it wasn't great, but I've heard that the, the really big ones can be a lot of fun. And I'd like, I'd like to do it someday. That's very cool. Yeah. Have you ever found anything completely strange that you can't explain inside a storage space? Oh, man. I, we, we did have to go... so. Basically, if somebody doesn't pay their bill for a certain amount of time, we do have to go in there, take inventory, and eventually we have to sell things off. I went in one the other day, and it's just a bunch of computer stuff, like a bunch of uh, you know, IIT-related items. And on, on, top of, on top of a stack, just brilliantly displayed, there was a book that just was titled The Ultimate Guide to Sex Toys. That's about the weirdest thing I've found. <laughs> nice. Did you flip through it? Um, I didn't know, but I think it's about two weeks from now. If they haven't paid their bill, I can take it home if I want to. <laughs> well done. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> We've got just about five minutes left. I'm, oh my gosh. This has really flown by. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, speaking of, of conventions, I, I wish I could have come to the uh, beautiful Cononymous. I hope it went really well. Oh, so fun. Meeting everybody was so nice. It was an experiment. I think every person involved in it felt slightly awkward. And then by the end, everybody felt like this was a good thing we did. This was a fun, good thing. And maybe the next time you come to one. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, if, if I had the money, I definitely would have uh, tried to fly out for, for this one. But I'd, yeah, I'd love to try and make it to the next one. Maybe I'll have a suit by then. I would love that if, if, you, if, if you came dressed as your character, if a if a man sized wolf walked into the next beautiful Cononymous, 
I would be the happiest person in the world. Oh my God. I also got to say this. Yeah. I'm going to say something else controversial because you listened to the diaper fetish episode and I bet the diaper fetishist will listen to this episode and I'll put something <laughs> out there. I'll put something out there that I made the big joke of like people push you guys off to the fringe with the real weirdos like the furries. But the way you've broken it down to me and this, I mean, no offense to our Pascal, there's an argument to be made that based on what you explained to me about furrying and being a furry and how you participate in it, where I go, a lot of people might actually go, well, if, if this is a spectrum, I might, I might put the diaper people on the weirder end of the spectrum than this. <laughs> There's a lot of people who might go, the diaper people might be the weirder ones if we're comparing those two groups. Not that I'm trying to start a war between mm. furries and diaper fetishes. <laughs> I, I do have something to say about that. Actually. Um, I, I had talked to somebody a long time ago, like I was kind of flirting with somebody and they said that it was something that they were into. And like, I'm a very, I'm very open-minded too. And I, I kind of explained that it's not personally something that I was into and I wouldn't be able to entertain them in that way. So I kind of felt like maybe it, we wouldn't be a perfect match. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's, it's not something for me, but then at the same time for the somebody who's into diapers, then being a free wouldn't be for them. So it's really, it's a spectrum, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And the idea of thinking of anything sexual as weird is probably a little bit juvenile really of me, right? <laughs> it's probably just juvenile at this point in history. Here's the thing. If somebody wearing diapers likes the way it feels against their skin or, you know, the companion fetish laid out of if somebody likes to pretend to be infantile and be babied, as part of their sexual gratification, and you're both like adults in your 30s who pay your taxes and you're good neighbors and you do right by people, what the hell should anyone else care exactly. about what brings you to orgasm? And if somebody <laughs> else is sitting around so worried about what brings other adults to orgasm, I think that it's officially that person's the weirdo. You know who I think is weirder than the furries and the diaper fetishists? What's that? <laughs> Again, listen, I don't often let my politics come into the show, but I'll say alt-right people who want to scream about other people's sexual desires on cable television. Definitely. Those people are a thousand times weirder to me than somebody who gets off by peeing into a diaper from time to time. Absolutely. It's so much weirder to worry about other people's bedroom activities those are the people on the weirdest ends of the spectrums. The people who only have missionary style sex and have a big problem with anybody who does something uh, a little bit more out on the fringe. Those are, it's far weirder to me. If you're, a, if you are a, an alt-right religiously driven person who sits here and gets worked up about what another adult does in the bedroom, you're weirder than a furry. You're weirder than a diaper fetish. You're the weird one. <laughs> Stop fucking worrying about what other grown-ups do to get off. Stop it, you weirdos. Definitely going to remember that one for sure. And I agree. It's just like, why, like, why, for one, like, why, like, why does it, why does it bother you that much? And like, for one, like, why, why are you thinking about it? Like, it's just like, like, why, like, why would you get yourself involved in somebody else's business like that? It just doesn't really, it really makes sense to me. <laughs> I got other, I got better stuff to do than worry about that. If somebody sits here and goes, 
I have a problem with the fact that this caller wants to be a wolf and you haven't said your husband's character. That's their private information, but I'll just throw it out there. If a wolf, if somebody who wants to identify in the character of a wolf wants to marry someone who identifies within the character of a dolphin and a wolf and a dolphin can go out there and they both happen to have human penises and you've got a problem with that too. And, and if you want to sit there and worry about it and go, that somehow, it does not affect your kids. It does not affect your life. Shut up. Let other people find their happiness and their comfort and their safety in life. Exactly. And stop making it harder for people to find their safety and comfort in life because you are the problem and you are the weirdos. And I would much rather hang out in a room full of furries than a room full of people who want to sit here and make all their little unsolicited comments on other people's choices in life and, and, and not even choices in life very often things that aren't a choice that they say are wrong which is even more damaging it's gross and those are the weirdos and let me be clear in case it wasn't clear at all in this episode or with our diaper fetish friend when the furries first came up the real weirdos are the judgmental people who sit here and obsess over other people's sex lives those are the real weirdos 100 percent. yeah couldn't agree more <laughs> And if you're ever in the UK and you want to hang out with a bunch of furries, just you can give me a call and you can come over and hang out. <laughs> I would love it. Maybe someday, maybe someday I'll dabble. Now, let me, cause, well, let me ask you this. Our time is up, but it does bring up an interesting question. Like if I'm, if I'm currently, you know, I'm married to Hallie, we're raising Cal, got a good thing going. If all <laughs> of a sudden I become a furry, is that not in some way entering a new sexual realm, which might be a violation of my current existing marriage. I, I would have to think about that. The level of, it is, it, is a, it is regarded as a sexual activity by some. So I would have to think about that before I commit fully to hanging out with furries. But at the very least, I'd be honored to shake your hand and say thank you for the call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bef it's before not, I throw like, on a suit, before like I throw on a suit or start committing to the fact that I am a squirrel walking on a power line. Before I commit to it, I just have to do some soul searching. You were saying, yeah, no, absolutely, totally understand. Um, and like I say, it's not it's not always a sexual thing too. You could just, if you wanted to, ever. I don't know if you would, but you can just make a character, and then that's that. It's just it's just all for fun, part of self expression. Um, I guess if if we are almost out of time, I just wanted to say that I admire greatly like what you do. Um, you know, you give a lot of people hope, and just even listening to you, like I listen to you all the time, and just. I, as a person who wants to be a counselor someday, I just really look up to the stuff that you do and you, you really make a huge difference in the world. So if you're ever down on yourself, don't, don't forget that. <laughs> That's very nice. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm down on myself all the time. So it's a necessary pep talk and I thank you for it. Absolutely. Anytime. Caller, thank you so much. That was eye-opening and a lovely talk. And I learned so much. And enjoy the UK with your hot Brazilian husband with his hot British accent as you pretend to be a wolf and he pretends to be a dolphin and you have a straight pet. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much to Anita Flores for producing the show. Thank you to Jared O'Connell for engineering. Our theme song is by Shellshag. Please support Shellshag. They are the best. Go to chrisgeth.com if you want to know more about me, including live shows and when I'm out on the road and all that stuff. And wherever you're listening, there's a button that says subscribe, favorite, follow, something like that. It helps us so much when you hit that button. So please consider doing so. 
Our merch is at podswag.com. If you want your episodes ad-free, you're going to want to check out Stitcher Premium. Use the promo code STORIES for a one-month free trial. That's at stitcher.com slash premium. And hey, if you like the show, tell friends about it. It's the best way that we can grow. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening.